Welcome to the Medical Association of Georgia's award-winning top doc show. With more than 8,000 members who care for patients in every specialty and practice setting, MAG is the leading voice for physicians in Georgia. Go to mag.org to join MAG if you're a physician in Georgia. And thanks to Alliant Health Solutions for its support as a sponsor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Top Docs. I'm your host and MAG CEO, Donald Pomisano. Today's show is going to address the MAG Medical Reserve Corps and its new COVID-19 response team. Our first guest is Dr. John Harvey, who is a surgeon in North Atlanta, MAG's former president, and the MAG MRC's medical director. Our second guest is Dr. Ian McCullough, who is a resident in anesthesiology at Emory University, uh, a MAG member, and leader of the MAG MRC's resident section. Thank you both for joining us today, especially in this very busy time. Our pleasure, Donald. Certainly. Happy to be here. Well, good. Well, uh, let's let's take it to the, let's, let me ask you a very, the first question is, what is the role of the MAG Medical Reserve Corps? And keep in mind, our audience may not be as familiar with it. So what is it? Okay, Donald, as uh, we've discussed many times at, uh, to our membership, the MAG Medical Reserve Corps is an organization that trains medical uh, response personnel, both physicians, nurses, and other people that could respond in a medical crisis to be able to effectively respond in an authorized and uh, equipped fashion to deal with state emergencies that exist, such as the COVID-19 crisis. And the MAG Medical Reserve Corps has been with been within the Medical Association for about four or five years now. Isn't that correct? Yes, we started this uh, a number of years ago, four to five years ago, in recognition of the fact that many times when we have a disaster, most of which in the past have been weather related, like a tornado or a hurricane, but many of the physicians in the local area become overwhelmed with dealing with the response in their own area. And what we need to do is to have a pool of physicians that are available to respond to those emergencies that can actually move in and help throughout the state, regardless of where the emergency may exist. So how many volunteers does um, the MAG Medical Reserve uh, Corps have, physicians and non-physicians? Prior to this uh, COVID-19 response, we had approximately 100 in the manpower pool that had been going to trainings and understanding how we might well be deployed. Since the COVID-19 response, we have been registering physician volunteers and healthcare worker volunteers. And as of this morning, we have 222 members that are available for deployment in the state's response to this crisis. So can, can you help educate um, the physicians and non-physicians out there? How are the MAG-MRC and the Georgia State Defense Force related? The Georgia State Defense Force is likewise a volunteer force under the Department of Defense of individuals that are trained and uh, potentially deployable in emergencies. It is the third branch of our Department of Defense in Georgia, which includes the National Guard, uh, Army, National Guard, Air Force, and the Georgia State Defense Force. The MAG-MRC works closely with the Georgia State Defense Force 
for other support manpower and some medical support capability within the state defense forces. And 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 just to further elaborate, we're also working closely with the Department of Public Health as well as the Georgia National Guard. That is correct. We have uh, the MAGMRC is currently deployed under two branches, the Department of Defense and the Georgia Department of Public Health. We activate in emergencies on specific requests and coordination with uh, one of those departments to get our authorizations and our uh, orders to deploy. Okay. And um, so when, when can you talk about um, MAG's MRC COVID-19 response team? Um, what is its mission at this time? Well, overall, uh, we've been integrated into the Georgia Incident Command System uh, in their response to this, uh, this crisis. Um, so when tasking comes down, when hospitals have a need, when EMS providers have a need, um, really when there's a need in the state, uh, we can get tasked through the, the Unified Incident Command System and we can disseminate that to our membership at that point. So, so far we've been helping out with hospitals when they've had manpower shortages. Uh, we've been helping out EMS systems when they have manpower shortages. And recently in down in Valdosta, Georgia, uh, we've been helping out um, provide medical support um, for the Georgia Self-Defense Force um, as they are uh, loading up loading up supplies, loading up food to be sent throughout the state. So there's a number and, of things we're working on. And, and I can say this, as, as uh, watching the MAG Medical Reserve Corps over the years and coming out to some of the training, one of the biggest challenges um, when you have a, an, a, the need for an emergency response and for preparedness is that everybody wants to help, but it's very important to follow a chain of command. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Because Dr. Harvey, I've heard you say it a thousand times, based on your experience going through Hurricane Katrina, Hurricane Rita and all that, everybody wants to help, but there's a reason why there's a chain of command and people need to follow it. Absolutely, Donald. And um, there are two or three aspects to that. One is that while many physicians are entirely capable in the medical system to respond, we need to be sure that when they do respond, it's in an authorized fashion to a specific need that can be accomplished. Otherwise, they may actually get to a site and just stand around and still not be able to effectively respond. So we actually put them into a cadre of response where they have a specific tasking and mission that they're authorized to perform in coordination with all of the activities that are occurring around the state. I would say that it's important to understand that chain of command. And Ian is one of our team leaders that's coordinating a number of people at this time into the response so that when we have tasks that come down, he then contacts the physicians, makes sure that they're capable and willing to accept that mission, and then he works on running that back up so we get specific deployment authorizations. Ian may want to explain a little more about the, the taskings he's been doing in the past week. Um, well, again, like I said, we've been receiving taskings throughout the state, uh, both in and out of hospital. Um, as well as, again, supporting the Georgia State Defense Force. Uh, but overall, new taskings are always continuing to come out, and uh, we're definitely looking for good people to, uh, to join our ranks. Uh, 
Um, so if you're listening out there and you're interested, we'll have some information for you at the end as to how to do that. Absolutely. And I think it's very important to note that um, we're assisting the state in, in, for the anticipated surge that is coming um, that, that could overwhelm our current healthcare system. And so it's very important for those that are interested, um, uh, and, and it includes physicians and non-physicians. So we have a call out for nurses. We've got a call out for pharmacists. We've got calls out for dentists, as well as chiropractors, as well as podiatrists, um, and even administrative folks who, who also want to help out. Um, can you all expand a little bit further on that, that it's not just physicians? Uh, absolutely. Well, we definitely believe in the team care model. Um, since we're associated with the Medical Association of Georgia, we do have a large number of physicians in our unit, but we need good people, as you mentioned, Donald. We need nurses, respiratory therapists, paramedics, EMTs. We need dedicated people, and if you're in the medical field, we could use you. As you know, Donald, we've asked you specifically to reach out to the Nurses Association, the pharmacists, and they've been very helpful in providing manpower that's now incorporated into our response capabilities so that we can communicate that directly to the State Operations Center and put them in the place that they're most needed and can be most effective. And so what kind of work will the response team be doing um, clinical as well as telemedicine. Can you expand a little bit about that? The overall categories that we have include many physicians that can uh, respond by telemedicine, and we're looking at the platforms that that may be become that may become available within the next few days. I think that there are multiple areas that that can help patients, the victims that may feel that they're sick or direct patients as we look to the hospital surge, uh, really obstructing our usual mechanisms to respond at the hospital level. The field deployments that are uh, available would be field deployments both for response to coronavirus, but also response to uh, maybe backfill or covering the medical tasks that are left unattended for routine medical care by those physicians that have been put into the response for the, the COVID patients. So we have two or three categories of response that will meet or be uh, potentially available to physicians based on their needs. And then do you anticipate um, that the team volunteers will be asked to go to other parts of the state? Well, we do have needs throughout the state, uh, but when volunteers are onboarded, they're able to fill out uh, what part or all of the state they're willing to go to. And so we try to match the uh, manpower request that comes down with volunteers in a given part of the state. And as uh, Dr. Harvey was just discussing, we will have a large section doing telemedicine, which essentially you could do from, from anywhere. Uh, but although, but as I said, we are trying to pair people with the areas that they are most comfortable responding to. And, 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 and one of the things, just to be clear, so that when people do go on to the site, and we have this, um, this will be in the notes section of, of the podcast, that when you go to, you have to go to Serve Georgia, you have to go through that process, and then also fill out other paperwork, but it doesn't take that long. I did it last week. It probably took me a total of 10 minutes, 15 minutes to go through the whole process to get into the system. Is that about accurate? 
Yes, it is, and we have people that can assist with that also in, in getting them onboarded into the system. So, uh, as you said, it's an important process because that process will provide them with specific coverages, and that's important. When they respond at the direction of the governor in this emergency, either through Department of Health that provides specific protections uh, for liability protection, in addition to malpractice that they may have that covers them, this would provide an extension of coverage under the Emergency Powers Act. The reason that we're also deploying people under the Department of Defense is that in that fashion, they can be covered with workers' compensation coverage if there was a, a problem with that during their deployment. So we've tried to make this as expeditious as possible to provide the most coverages available for our responding volunteers. And, and just to further elaborate on that so that people know, because we've been very involved in this process and working with the state on this, is that it's very important, therefore, to go through the Serve Georgia portal and fill out all the information, because then you do get those protections that fall into sovereign immunity, protection for um, any, any professional liability, but also the workers' comp section, which is falling under the, the Department of Defense and with the state itself. Absolutely. And the other thing that it does is to, uh, through Serve Georgia, there's a search of the responding person's credentials that can be immediately verified to wherever they're placed within the state without having to go through a number of applications when you get there to another hospital. So that it accomplishes a number of tasks that are necessary for a doctor to go in and assist with this response. Right. And so um, how can our audience get more information about uh, the MAG Medical Reserve Corps um, and its COVID-19 response team? Okay. Uh, so there's a few different ways. Uh, the first is if you want to email uh, one of our membership coordinators, Fred Jones. His email is fjones at mag.org. Or if you go online to mag.org, um, you can slide over and there is actually a link under affiliates. Um, if you scroll down, you'll see the Medical Reserve Corps, and you can also get to some information from there. And we also have the MAG Medical Reserve Corps prominent on the website that if you click on uh, the, the, the symbol on the MAG website, it will bring you to a lot of that information as well to help. Yes, sir. The Thank you, Donald. That's correct. Yeah, and one other thing I want to say that um, I, I can't say enough about the MAG Medical Reserve Corps because um, obviously in this time of, of disruption that we're all experiencing right now, um, every, every medical society, national and state, are doing the same things, right? They're doing advocacy for their physicians, um, and that's in the form of telemedicine, trying to relax some of the rules, trying to help out and make taking the administrative burden away. Um, education. What is the most uh, uh, up-to-date education, where it's coming from, from CDC and what have you, the most recent guidelines? Everybody's doing that. The one thing that we're doing differently that no other medical society, national or state, is doing is what y'all are doing. And so thank you because you're making us um, very distinguishable from everyone else out there. And I can't thank y'all enough, especially Dr. Harvey, because I remember when you brought this concept to uh, the MAG House of Delegates back around 2014 or so, um, I don't think I was really clear on what you were proposing. And so, um, and maybe you, that was intentional on your part, but I wanna say thank you for doing that because, you know, right now is 
it, 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 in our strategic plan, it helps with our emergency preparedness, but also the response of the organization. So thank you for that. Well, thank you, Donald. And certainly the, the background and training that we have done, those individuals that have been involved for the past few years, they are now pretty much on a command team of about 20 individuals that are coordinating this effort. And what that does is to make the physicians and the healthcare workers that wish to respond uh, have an expedited process that will provide them specific coverages, will provide them specific authorizations, and will provide them specific locations to respond that puts them into the response at the most beneficial level to the state and to the person that's trying to respond to it. And then can, can, um, can I ask you to give some advice to all the listeners out there um, on the importance of social distancing and staying at home? Certainly. Um, we're sending out again for our health responders updates of the most recent guidance from CDC and Department of Public Health, uh, as well as the State Defense Force for protections. When we would dispatch someone to a field operation, we have given them specific orders and equipment for PPE and for response equipment that may be required when they get there. Uh, for the general public right now, it looks like the cases are starting to accelerate in the pandemic and social distancing is unfortunately the only mechanism that we have to effectively control the virus right now. As you know, there are not vaccines or drugs that have been proven effective and we're looking at a number of those options but right now social distancing is our best uh, method of controlling the spread of this epidemic yeah, this is uh this is going to get ugly donald and it would be it would be great if people could social distance and just really help to minimize the number of patients that that we see in a medical capacity who are unfortunately very ill and, and i think people social distancing and staying at home also protects all of you who are on the front lines treating the patients. So I, I can't emphasize that enough that when, when people, um, I see them you know, in, 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 in groups together that they're putting themselves at risk, but also all of you who are taking time away from your families and to, to help all of us out. So thank you and, and, and I can't hammer that message enough that people need to take this seriously. It's a month, we'll get through this, but stay at home so that they don't come in contact with you. And Donald, there's one other thing that the Medical Association has done, but you and I have been in contact about it, and you've set up a website of guidance on the very updated information, and with the rapidity of our learning about this virus and this pandemic, that changes on approximately a weekly to a two-week basis right. so that you've got the most current information. That is on the MAG website. You and I have communicated information that is uh, just coming out within the past 24 hours, and you're putting it up on the website. We're sending it all to all of our uh, teams also. Well, let, let me ask you all. I know you're both busy, and you've got um, – other things to be doing besides talking to me at this point. Um, so real quickly, any final thoughts? Ian? Um, no, I think we covered what we're doing, how interested people can join. And I'll just say it again, we, we really need dedicated people. So if you're in the medical field and 
you want to come help us, we'd, we'd certainly love to have you on board. And I think in conclusion, as Donald, you just referred, the first rule of disaster response is not to become part of the emergency. So right now, hand washing, social distancing, uh, and understanding of the risks of this virus, both in contracting it as well as uh, early treatment capabilities for this virus are important when you need to interface with medical care and when you need to shelter at home. The other thing is that we are going to need medical manpower. And if you wish to volunteer, we'll help put you into this process very quickly give you assistance in accomplishing that and give you a task to do to help the, the citizens of our state. Well, thank you both. First of all, thank you for, for everything that you're doing. Um, I, I know that, um, you know, emergency preparedness and response, um, sometimes people can get complacent on that for years because something like this doesn't come up all the time. But that's why it's so important when something like this comes up that we are prepared and we are able to respond. So I want to thank both of you for all of your training over the years, but also your foresight into bringing this to MAG four or five years ago and having us ready and in this position. So thank you both. And thank you, Dr. Harvey, for everything that you've done. Uh, my sincere thank thanks to both of you um, for sharing really important information about the Medical Reserve Corps, how to be a part of it how to be a part of the solution out there right now um, in terms of uh, emergency preparedness as well as response. And we want to uh, wish everyone out there, uh, uh, stay well, stay safe, social distance, wash your hands, do everything you're supposed to do so that you don't have to see um, either one of these two individuals or their peers um, in, in a situation that you would rather not see them. So from everybody at MAG, uh, be safe, and we'll catch up with you on the next edition of Top Docs. Thank you. Thank you, Donald. Thanks, Donald. Thanks. Thanks for watching this episode of Top Docs. Please share this program with your colleagues and family and friends. Remember to follow Mag on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget, you can get past episodes of the show at mag.org backslash top docs. From everybody at Mag, we look forward to catching up with you on our next episode of Top Docs.